0: Your source for community, Muskoka-made talk shows are on Muskoka Magazine, The Bay, 88.7.
1: Hey, this is Dr. Shervin. Muskoka Magazine is brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Please visit
0: DairyLaneDental.com. This is Arts R Us on The Bay.
1: Good morning and welcome to Arts R Us. I'm Noreen Mitchell and I'm in the studio today with a good friend who's coming back, Billy McPherson. Bill McPherson, known as Billy Mac. Karen's away today, so we're going to do this on our own. Welcome back, Billy.
0: Thank you so much. Glad to be here.
1: You were here last year in June, June 13th, 2021. There's a podcast of that. We called that chapter one. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of like chapter two. There you talked about your uh, pivoting during the pandemic to your art, an art as a hobby which has been with you for a long time, but you've been developing that, and you continued to do a lot of art in the last while, haven't you?
0: yeah it's been uh it's been a wonderful uh line to follow i it, it was there as a an opening for me to lean on and and um yeah I, i've being so close to the park and being the type of painter i, I am a um a landscape artist i'm an impressionist uh, i know about six or seven guys that, that actually did a little work in Algonquin park that way so uh yeah, I just, I just follow
1: Well, last time you talked about your past and having grown up above the station at Canoe Lake, and that story was really interesting, but I know that you were able to go back and revisit that because I saw your FX week number 39 where you said you had the opportunity to go back and look for that train station or signs of it.
0: I did go back to see the train station there. I also uh, went back, a, a gentleman by the name of Rick Strunk, um allowed me, because I had a picture on my, in my kitchen wall of my father and I in 1952, and that picture showed us standing outside the Canoe Lake Station, and behind us was the large wooden sign that was there. By hook or by crook, and through another acquaintance and friend, Roy McGregor, I found out that they had that actual sign down at the other end of the park and Rick invited me down, and I got to take photos and hold that actual sign that I was in front of some 70 years prior. So it was quite an experience.
1: So that was a part of your inspirational story about how you had become a painter and what you, your inspirations were for that, the Group of Seven in Algonquin Park. It seems to me now that you're revisiting your past musically in this new production that you're putting out called 15 Years Covering, A History of Rock and Roll Covering the Years 1954 to 1969. Would you agree?
0: Oh, totally, 100%. And it, it's, uh, yeah, it kickstarted it, it was a thought, and it just blossomed from there, and uh, I am just following wh- where it took me.
1: What was your thought? What was the first genesis of the idea? Can you remember?
0: Uh, yeah. Um, the... the um, the thought that took me where um, where this musical thing went um,
1: was uh, it was it. I think you're a historian and you were doing some history about Canadian music. Is that correct?
0: Yes, that is correct. I was looking at the history of the park and and the group of seven and how I followed that in the whole canoe lake story. Um, but when it it came to uh, doing this musically, I became, I I mean, I I do a reasonable amount of music at at this stage of life and, and I'm, I'm happy to be able to do that. I looked at it and thought, you know, there's a story here. And there's a story that just came through my life, like a train went through the middle of Algonquin Park. And I can tell it because it was my childhood. It was, they were my teen years. And I kind of started in the latter part of this f- 15-year framework, maybe year 12 or 13, and then work backwards to where it began with Bill Haley and and uh, Rock Around the Clock and, and that whole um, scenario all the way up to 69, where in 1969, this is where, where people who were involved in technology, they were so happy during the 70s because technology evolved and evolved very quickly and it changed the music. But that package... The fifteen-year package um, is um, something that everybody lived and that I lived uh, right on the streets of uh, Barrie, Ontario.
1: So you're calling this a rockumentary? What's a rockumentary?
0: <laughs> it's actually a real word, and oh yes, I didn't. This was not fabricated. This was not flippant. Um, it is a, a, a real word that is basically music uh, with a script. And um, I believe it was Jamie uh, Oppenheimer um, who I was in conversation with, and he coined that for me, and it it put me onto it. And it was Steve Spencer who who verified that that in fact, no, this is a real word. A, a rockumentary is is music with a script, and uh, um, so that's that's where uh, I began. I just started researching and writing, and uh, and tried to mold this into something that would be uh, uh, of interest to people.
1: I know that you. I mentioned you're a historian. You were a history teacher, and you're a musicologist. I would say because you have such a broad knowledge of music through all the ages. Uh, what? Um, how long do you think you've been collecting research for this particular 15-year period? Can you can you isolate that, or have you always just got it in you?
0: No, I, that that entire period of time. I mean, I signed my first professional contract in 1970 with with holidayins um and uh, re- began a, a two and a half year period of time where i did nothing but play music in the the lounges and and that's what was uh, the live music was alive and well and uh, so it was there and and again working backwards from that point um all the way to 54 i've been able to uh, find a, a story in there that's uh, legitimately supported by factual things that happened very interesting things that happened from the the entire first part of this uh uh period of time um was uh, was run by a lot of solo artists and and it was very black and white and it was very um uh the disc jockeys were the powerful people they they had all they made the stars they created the stars they played the music that we heard and it was the transistor radio that allowed me and my friends growing up going to high school to transport that music to Johnson's Beach or to the back of the backseat of a trip with my parents or where. And I had this lovely little RCA transistor radio. I
1: remember mine very fondly too. It was in a leather case.
0: Brown leather case. <laughs> we, we must have shopped at the same places. So, uh, and, and a, a wonderful and vivid memory to me. But that's how we got our music. There, there were no, uh, Uh, sticks and there were no computers and there there was nothing to transport it so we were at the mercy of the people who chose what we should listen to and that that worked all the way up until this time where the little word payola came in and um, people got uh, caught and all of a sudden um, the radio stations took back their radio stations wolfman yeah (laughs) wolfman alan freed you know was the guy who got targeted but there were there were literally hundreds of them who were involved in that scandal and uh it was uh it it became a turning point and uh, at that point they lost all their power and uh, uh, music that was when top 40 evolved that's the radio station manager was in charge of top forty, and you played that over and over and over. So
1: yeah, so the but there point. was actually interactive element in terms of the listeners were also asking for certain things, right? Uh, they were able to um, request, do requests. Oh,
0: totally interactive. Um, I mean, we uh, what aside from music our cars, our 57 Chevys, and uh, mine was a 56 Pontiac, and we would polish them all day Friday and, or Saturday and, and have them just sparkling. And, and then you would drive up and down the main street and you would pull over when you saw a phone booth and you were listening to the radio and there were five or six or seven in the car without seat belts with nothing but a radio. And we would look and wave at people and honk our horn it was very much uh fonzie and and uh, happy days uh, happening i mean i i lived that period of time and and that was a a catalyst it was motivation that was a
1: so you had the music you had the idea and then you needed a little help you had some help writing the script i know you wrote it with co-wrote it
0: oh yes i mean truth to the to the page here i had uh, i'm i'm a writer in the sense that i write songs i had never done anything i have not done anything like this in my life i also knew that my time in huntsville has been blessed with um, um the talent pool that is here and that and one individual in particular has allowed me um to move forward with this and that person is Diana Jacqueline.
1: Also known as D, right?
0: Absolutely, yes. That's
1: right. Uh, we're going to come back. I think this is a moment for us to come, just take a break, and we'll come back and talk more about your team on this.
0: Beautiful, yeah.
1: We'll be back with Billy Mack in just a moment.
0: By Muskoka for Muskoka. Your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7.
1: I'm Dr. Shervin from Dairy Lane Dental, and you're listening to Muskoka Magazine.
0: This is Arts R Us on The Bay.
1: We're back on Arts for Us. I'm Noreen Mitchell, and my guest today is Billy McPherson, Bill Mac, Billy Mack, and he is an artist and a performer, and he's also a production, a producer of this new production called 15 Years, A History of Rock and Roll, 1954 to 1969. Billy, before the break, you were talking to us about the scriptwriter, the co writer, Deanna Jacqueline, and uh, who else is on your team for this production?
0: Um, well, it's a yeah, it's a, a very strong team of people. I, I chose to use all local people because, in fact, we have an incredible pool of talent, as I mentioned before the break. And um, I I go right to, to uh, Dee, and her experience is just wonderful. I, I attended plays that she wrote and acted in, and uh, that was very easy to ask her to be on board with this. But the, the people right from Lauren Rodriguez and... And Mallory Davenport, who are heavily involved, have come on as actors. People such as Scott Edgecombe and Mr. Grant Nichols from HBR, Hunters Bay Radio here. Uh, is here and another production uh, person that I've I put down as a as a resource person. I have been using him extensively uh, as we deal with the images that are going to be portrayed. As Johnny McDonald and his uh, wealth of experience He is in, a, in an advisory capacity, overseeing this entire uh, thing. I'm bouncing things off him. D is giving me direction. I, I, I'm not sure. I'm wearing a producer hat, but it's well supported.
1: And I meant you meant- you mentioned Jamie Oppenheimer. he's also involved
0: oh absolutely yeah Jamie's uh, the MC of this uh, production and uh, the, there's also a um, he's a performer in it as as well and uh, there's a little surprise thing happening there
1: and the band.
0: Well, I mean, when you, and that was my first introduction to um, Hunter's Bay Radio, to Muskoka, and it was Mr. Sean Cotton. And um, Sean and I have crossed paths. He invited me to take part in some of these shows. I'm very, um, uh, he's just a, a talent, and he organizes people, and he's a musical talent. He gives me great feedback and helps me mold the the show musically when i hired sean and said would you come and do this for me um he took a look at it and decided yes i will come and do that that looks good you've got good local people here let's uh, let's tell a story and so i have every confidence sean is in charge of the band and uh i i take part as a performer in the band and i just promised sean i said i'll do as i'm told whatever whatever you want <laughs>
1: we should tell people when it takes place this 15
0: years it's coming up fast i didn't realize how fast it was october 1st saturday october 1st and
1: um algonquin theater
0: yes right here downtown huntsville and and uh, the the ticket sales are are um, right online and uh, through the uh, box office uh here and that's where you can get them and um yeah, they're uh, they're rolling along well, and at this point, I have I don't know what to expect. I'm getting uh, encouragement from the people who are on this, and I think it's very appropriate to call this a team because it is a team uh, event. I take no. Uh, um, this is not one person as a producer Who's got lots of experience You,
1: you might know. not have done this exactly before But you've organized a lot of things You've organized a lot of events A lot of musical mm. things You have a production company of your own Would you want to talk about Blue Heron?
0: Yeah, 34 years, um, Blue Heron um, became a, a company when I come up with an idea to have a talent development center for young um, performers. And I wanted to teach them how to perform for public audiences. So I developed this thing called the Performance School. In order to do that, I was advised by my accountant that it would be a good idea to register this as a, a small business and a company. And at that point, um, back in, I think, 1988 or 89, I did that and um, always had that as a resource and always fell back. Blue Heron Productions has has run um, these this school, the performance school. Um, I wrote an entire um, uh, musical um, uh, with a fellow by the name of Robert Newby who put out a play called Hooked, and it was for teenagers, and, and I wrote the musical score start to finish with that. What um, was the
1: subject of that? I'm intrigued by the title.
0: Hooked. Yes. It was about cigarette smoking. Oh, it was, it was I, well. A, I
1: wasn't sure if it was about Peter Pan, or if it was, about, <laughs> or if it was about drug use. Or I was, I was curious about what it actually had. Yeah.
0: Well, in in the late eighties, that was it. Was still a very strong uh, message that he felt was out there. So very similar to what I've done in writing this play, Robert Newby. Although he was involved in theater for a long time throughout his life. But he, he had this thing, and he needed some songs, and he needed music, and he approached me. and we, it, it ran for two years, two and a half years, and uh, it was uh, quite an interesting uh, period of time. So I, I was glad to have that project under my belt.
1: You have a lot of background, though, with music festivals and mm. other performances, and all, the part, all different parts of it. I'm very impressed with the range o- outside of performing.
0: Yeah, and you'd like me to reference some of that experience? Sure. Just... Um, so I eventually became kind of an, an event planner. It happened accidentally and and I was in the city of Barrie where there's a, a festival called Kempenfest, an, an arts and crafts festival and, and the music end of it was, was uh, uh, needing some attention and I got invited to uh, um, join a group of, of talented people who wanted to develop that and then it became something that I did for, over the course of 15 years so if you had a band and you wanted to play in in that festival um you would uh, come through my desk and and uh, i i would uh, um plug you in at, at some point we, we had some wonderful talent over the years and I had I hired the stage companies, the sound, the lighting companies. I hired the uh, the security people for backstage. I managed uh, uh, large groups of volunteers through Rotary clubs and uh, people to all input various things to to help this uh, um, this show come along uh, at Camden Fest every year. So I would
1: I would say we are in good hands with this one because you were used to working with all different p- components.
0: Yeah, I don't feel uncomfortable directing large groups of people or or going from A to B and finding a path and, and trying to get there. Communication is just a huge thing. And over the years, I think that's even with my educators training, it just became kind of natural. And uh, I'm, I'm really happy to be involved in this. It's uh, it's something very different for me, but uh, yeah, definitely something that I'm, I'm proud of at this it's, point.
1: It sounds like it's going to be fun. Is it going to be a place for musical um, accompaniment by the audience
0: <laughs> yeah we're actually going to, to um ask people or or suggest there's innuendo throughout and people are going to know this this musical score the feature band the way this is driven the two disc jockeys who were so important i, I referenced earlier on they are going to take this show and they're going to provide details and introduce the songs the actual band that sean cotton is directing are is really the vinyl The vinyl is being spun in the station. And 100 miles away, over on the other side with Mallory Davenport, Matt Allen is the heartthrob minstrel who is the new kid in school, Uh, Lauren Rodriguez. They're there in a rec room on a couch flipping through album covers and reading all about it and phoning in, to the radio station once again you make contact through phone with the radio station and request your music and they put it out over the airwaves so uh, that's the premise of the, there's a lot of moving parts there are 18 feature songs done by the band matt allen and the two girls do song snippets where they do 60 75 seconds to remind you of what happened in 57 59 63 all of the the groups. I mean, when it turned after 61, it became groups. It became the Beatles, the Beach Boys, the Rolling Stones, the Monkees. Um, those were the, the... They're going to be uh, familiar. Oh, people are going to know the, the, every every uh, song that we put out there, I'm sure. and And they can come and tap their toes and sing along. That would be fantastic.
1: You have said that it's your desire to share things from your long life. How could this production lead to future musical journeys? Got any ideas?
0: Um, I do. Um, and I, I mean, I, I spent, I indicated too that I spent some time with Holiday Inns. Well, Guess who else sat behind a piano with a fireplace and, and so on? None other than Billy Joel in New York City. And he penned a little song that had a great influence on my musical life, and which was Piano Man. Mm-hmm. And um, so many of the people I've met over the years who were piano players, that song is requested that song has influenced them and billy joel and then elton john and bob seeger and and harry chapin all throughout the singer songwriters uh, that are attached to to that whole mindset um a wonderful way to uh, to write about life and and make connections to people who were looking for something to hang their hat on
1: are you continuing to do your facebook live performances
0: I will do that. That happened because of COVID. Um, it became something I was very comfortable with and I really enjoyed, and I've invited um, people to come and join me for those things. And uh, as winter approaches, summertime, I'm going to do live um, <clears throat> as as often as we can. And. Uh, I mean, I've now transitioned. I'm, I'm doing something entirely different musically. And uh, I would be amiss if I didn't mention this has just begun. Um, I've teamed up with a, a young uh, talent uh, by the name of Tina Turley. And I am scratching my country music itch with Tina, and we have a little duo that we're calling Whiskey Jack.
1: I already heard you at the Art Mar- at the Muskoka Market. Ah. Yeah, summer edition. Yes. Yeah, so I know it's a powerful thing. So I really wish you well for that. And also for 15 years, want to remind people where they can find out more Algonquin Theater. You can get tickets there, box office or online. And Billy, your website. Would you like to tell us what your website is?
0: Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's just billymacartist.com, dot com, and uh, yeah, pretty pretty straightforward. An artist as a visual artist and an artist as a performing artist.
1: So we're going to look forward to fifteen years, but we're also going to look to closer into the. Times when you're going to show again in partners hall with muskoka with the huntsville art society oh yes yes i'll put a plug in for that hoping you'll have a solo show or a show of muskoka men which you, you suggested hope that happens
0: yeah we'll, we'll we'll just see we'll see what happens on the there's a lot of things on the back burner you know when you're when you're creative and and something happens and it, it doesn't go away you know creative people just kind of put stuff over here and put it over there and, it's, and at some point they they visit it and something develops
1: thanks very much billy for coming in and talking about this i'll be in the audience
0: that's fantastic i'll listen for your warbling <laughs>
1: <laughs> i like singing along
0: <laughs> but please please do
1: i'm going to give the events some of the events i'll have to do what I can in Karen's place for the Huntsville Festival of the Arts, I'm going to talk about the fall winter lineup. I just urge you to go to the Huntsville Festival website, huntsvillefestival.ca. They have a really fantastic lineup, Tom Cochran, Johnny Reed, Blue Rodeo, Serena Ryder, The Nutcracker, and Blackie and the Rodeo Kings, and that just takes us to December 1st. So have a look and see what's coming. I'll remind you, too, that even though it feels like summer's winding down, it's not quite over yet because there's studio tours happening. The one in Halliburton happens the uh, weekends of October 1st to 2nd and 8th and 9th. And also, don't forget the purple banner. Well, if it's out, that means on Art Trail Muskoka that the artist is in. So if you're driving around and looking at the beautiful colors, um, you can stop in if there's a purple banner out. Closer in, you can go to the Partners Hall and see right now, the current uh, show is on. It's called A Retrospective of My Nature. This is by Sylvia Kerschel, a fabulous painter. And she's having a reception on September the 10th from 2 till 4 p.m. Also, Huntsville Art Society is in Huntsville Library, and we have Jory Morrison there. And the, um, Al- at Algonquin Grace Hospice, we have Brenda Turner. And I forgot to mention that Billy's uh, max proceeds of his performance uh, coming up on October 1st will be going to Hospice Huntsville as well. So that's a very important thing. Wrapping up at the end of September will be Summer at the Summit with the Huntsville Art Society artists, 21 artists, having 36 works. And I want to give a shout-out to a recent guest on Arts for Us, and that was Don Huddlestone, who does cyanotype. Process photography and she's doing a exhibition at Dwight Public Library during the month of September. It's called Where Science Meets Art. And uh, don't want to, to overlook Muskoka Arts and Crafts. They have a whole roster of things happening there. So you should look at their website, Muskokaartsandcrafts.com and you will see lots of workshops and speaker series and all kinds of things are happening. And continuing till September the 24th is Live Edge Forest. And I went to see this show in Chapel Gallery. It's really, really something different and really interesting to see. I recommend that people go and see that. And again, uh, just shout-out, I hope to get there myself before it closes on October 10th, the Through My Daughter's Eyes, Brenda Wayman-Goulet's retrospective of her works. Always wonderful to see her stuff. So much happening still. Don't forget the Arts Loop. Don't forget Art in Algonquin Park at both the uh, Algonquin Room and in the... Uh, Art Centre at Algonquin, and I'd like to remind people too that there's also sound art at nasa.ca. So there's so much happening, I can only say there's one Hunters Bay Radio, we are Muskoka.